Hello and welcome back to the Harbour Hoops podcast. This is episode 110. I'm Liam, your host, and as always, I'm joined by my delightful co-host, Mr. Benjamin Jones. Oh, what a lovely intro. How's it going? Very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good time. I'm, I have to say I'm enjoying this stretch of the NBA more than more than most. I think I'm not a big fan of January NBA. I do enjoy it, and obviously every game I watch is fun, but I think I kind of... I think there's too much going on, you know, the media trying to push narratives when there's so long left and everything changes every week. Whereas now I think we're getting down to the nitty gritty. So it's quite exciting to see all the teams jockeying for positions and, and playing. I think, like we said last year, the end of the season seems to mean a bit more nowadays. Yeah, definitely. I think um, it's weird. Like, I think the playing tournaments really help because teams are either scrambling to not be in it or scrambling to be in it. So there's kind of little mini pockets of races across the entire rankings it seems so i'm all for it yeah yeah me too i agree um cool plan for today we're going to predict the east and west in terms of where teams are going to finish uh go through each one a little bit quickly um one through ten uh which would mean obviously we have our fake playoff matchups and um, we'll also maybe talk about one playoff series in round one that we uh that we want to see uh but we've got three kind of mini bullet points to touch on so far so three kind of stories i think are quite important in the nba uh first of all once go with boston celtics boston celtics still soaring they're still top of a lot of the advanced metrics they managed to catch up now to the fifth seed they've overtaken cleveland uh eight and two in their last 10 and they're only a half game back from the fourth seed so um, how kind of much have you been impressed with Boston over the last few weeks? Yeah, it's been a great turnaround. I think um, everybody, including Boston fans, were kind of vying for that Marcus Smart trade, but nothing ever came of it. I think he's one of their kind of go-to guys in terms of their upper management and you know the their front office. So I think it was going to be difficult for them to move off him, but I think they're kind of glad they didn't. Um, I think they made some good moves at the at the deadline that's really kind of changed this team, I think, made it a bit more cohesive because I think that was the biggest issue. Lots of great individuals, but can they pull it together as a team and as a unit? And up to this point, they'd been really streaky. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um you know too well, especially since doing the podcast, that every time I've kind of back, backed Boston for whatever reason, they've kind of <laughs> shot me in the foot, that's for sure. But um, they seem to be getting the best out of everybody. I mean, Jason Tatum had an incredible night the other night. What did he score? 52, was it? against yeah. Against the Nets. Um, looked incredible. Um they just need to stay healthy now. They're getting them some great minutes out of Al Horford at the moment, which is so good to see. Um, and Derek White was obviously that great pickup for them in the in the trade deadline. So Boston flying high, and I think they might maintain it. Yeah, I think so too. We'll talk about them uh, obviously for our for our East. Uh, let's flip over to the West and we'll go back to East for one more storyline. Uh, so the Mavs and Nuggets are still the two hottest teams in the West. And I kind of just want to point out how cool it is as European NBA fans that arguably the two best players in the West, well, for me, it's not arguable, uh, and probably two of the top three or four in the e- in the whole league 
these Euros, and I know you've got Giannis as well, who's, who's in the top four as well. So um, how cool is it that in the West, we've got Mavs and Nuggets playing so well, and they are really doing it behind their main stars in uh, Jokic and Luka, who also kind of play similarly at times. Yeah, it's it's great for us to see. I think it's only going to grow the sport in Europe. I mean, it's quite it's quite big as it is, especially mainland Europe. I don't think it could be much bigger here, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's always great to see, and it's interesting to see where this kind of sport will go from there. Um, who's going to kind of pick up that mantle, or are they going to try and push an American star? I don't know. You never know. So it's but it's exciting times. Yeah, and I think both teams are realistic contenders to uh, face Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals. So I think those two players are only going to grow their standing across the league and across Europe and stuff as um, as time goes on. Because I think they're both. I think one of them. It wouldn't shock me to see one of those two teams in, against Phoenix in the finals. I think they're both star players are both playing that well, regardless of the other team's rosters. I think. Yeah. Um, cool. Other point then, even though Kyrie scored 50, which I know you'd probably want to touch on, I wanted to make sure we got that in there. Uh, Nets overall still struggling. Um, they lost a couple of games and won, obviously won the most recent one since uh, since we last recorded. But um, it looks to me like the sixth seed is out of the question, so they're going to be a play-in team. So any kind of views on the Nets now they've got their guys back to an extent? Or are you still just waiting for Ben Simmons to finally turn up and, and see how it all looks? I think that's the... The game changer, isn't it? I think they can win a couple more games with uh, Durant and Kyrie, and I think they'll get through the playing tournament. It's how do they look as a unit with Ben Simmons in there? Can they get used to playing everybody together? Because they've got quite a few new players now. Yeah, true. Um, can they figure this system out before crunch time in the playoffs? Um, it's going to be entertaining to see. I know there's, I feel like a lot of people you speak to, it's kind of 50-50 out there. A lot of people now are doubting them, thinking they're not going to be able to figure it out and then they might not make it to the finals or let alone that, the conference finals. And the other camp saying, well, they've got two absolute superstars that can carry the team to anywhere. So it's a really tricky one to call, but I think you're right in terms of them being a playing team. Yeah, I have seen a lot of variance, actually. To people that think they'll lose in the play-in, people think that they'll knock out the one seed in the play-in. So, yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people are all over the place, which is exciting. I think it is always nice when the playoffs are a bit more kind of surprising and we don't quite know what's going to happen. So, it's good for us neutral fans. So, as a Nets fan, I'd be a bit nervous. But um, you've got Kevin Durant, so you should be more excited than most teams fans, probably. But uh, we, we shall see. Uh, five weeks, basically, mate, to the playoffs as well. So, that's exciting. Um Let's move on with our exercise then, east and west. We'll go east first, because I've got that written down. Uh, like I said, we're going to go one through ten. Um, what would you like to do? I think this exercise is easier to start at one. Do you agree? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, at the one, first at the moment, we have the Miami Heat. We'll go alternate. Uh, they're currently first in the Eastern Conference. I actually have them remaining first um, in the Eastern Conference. They don't have the hardest of schedules. I've got the strength for schedules open here. Um, they are, what were they, um, 16th, so bang in the middle pretty much of the NBA, so not too difficult. So I kind of thought average schedule, there are a couple of teams below them with easier schedules, but they've got three-game lead already and they're playing pretty well at home and they've got a few home games remaining out of the, out of the bunch. So I've gone with my Heat as the one seed. Yeah, and I've matched you on that. Um, with the additional news coming out of their camp that Victor Oladipo is looking very good in practice at the moment, so they've got him to add to the roster. Yeah, he, played the other, he played the other night off the bench, actually. Oh, there you go. It's a strong team, isn't it? You can't 
sort of one through twelve, it's a, a decent roster, and the systems that they use, you can kind of slot any of those players into it, and it be successful. Um, as I've said the past couple of weeks, though, it's I'm not worried about them defensively. It's what can they do offensively in the playoffs when they get kind of stuck because Jimmy's kind of mid-range or drives. Uh, Bam can stall if he's not getting space to work inside. If Robinson's not shooting well, he's out of the picture because he can't defend either. If Tyler Hero's having an off night, he's having a big off night usually. So can they keep a consistent offense throughout a whole playoff series? That's going to be their biggest uh, query going into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I think the end of the season is enough time where people are moving things around and I think their depth is just going to be so important. But yeah, I think come playoff time, we could see some some offensive struggles. But um, yeah, nice lead at the moment and a, and a pretty good schedule down the stretch. Uh, two seed then, mate. You go first on this one. Who have you got as your two seed? Two seed, I've got the Sixers moving up a spot. Nice. Same, yeah, as, same, as, same as me. So... Let's talk. Nice. Why, why do you think they're going to move up? What, what's your kind of thought on that? Um, I think the Bulls aren't healthy at the moment, and I think they need to focus on getting healthy. And in order to do that, they're going to slip up. They're going to drop a few games. Um, I think the Sixers want to kind of try and stay ahead of the Bucks where they can. Um, Embiid is is going for MVP this season, so he doesn't want to miss too many games coming to the back of the season. And I think these are these next sort of ten games are going to be super important in determining who's going to be up for grabs with that award. Um, the addition of James Harden has worked beautifully for them. They're six and four in the last t- ten and on a three-game winning streak at the moment. Um, and I think they're just kind of getting themselves into more of a playoff rhythm and, and shortening that rotation and. Testing guys as well to see what they have to, to offer come playoff time. So, um, yeah, very interested to see how they get on. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think they'll jump the balls and stay in second. Yeah, I got them, like I said, in second as well. Um, they So, Milwaukee, I'll probably talk about this a lot the whole episode. So, Quick caveat there, but strength of schedule. Milwaukee have got the second hardest schedule left in the NBA. Chicago have got the third hardest schedule. Um, they've both got eighteen, uh, sorry, sixteen games left. Whereas Philadelphia have actually got eighteen games. They've got two further games where they can kind of stretch the lead that they already have on those teams. So um, for me, I think the Philly having like the nineteenth schedule, I think it's relatively easy. They've got more home games than away games. They got two games against the Pistons, Pacers, Magic each. So. You're going to get six wins there. So I just think that um, for me, with the schedule-wise and how tough Milwaukee and Chicago have got it, I think that the uh, 76ers are going to hold on. Um, three seed then. I've gone with the Bucks over over Boston and Chicago. Um, Chicago. Like I said, schedule really, really tough. Giannis is only ramping up his minutes now after um, having a bit more of a relaxed regular season in terms of minutes, which is good for him for the playoffs. Uh, they've kind of had Middleton come back a little bit. He's shown a bit more form, probably um, more throughout February than so far in March. But he's kind of been on the uptick a little bit. Like I said, Chicago, I think they are falling away a bit. The injuries are really impacting them. And they have got a very hard schedule as well. Obviously, not quite as hard as Milwaukee. But I just think the the experience and the way that Giannis likes to end a season before the playoffs um, in good fitness and in good form, I think that they're going to kind of tough out and going to hold on to the third seed in the East. 
yeah, I've got them in the same spot as you. I think they're too good a unit to kind of slip up enough to let anyone below them catch them. Um, like I said, they've got a difficult schedule coming up, but they love to win regular season games. So I can't see them sort of pulling their punches towards the end of the season. I think they're going to be going for it throughout the whole thing. Um, there's murmurings that Brook is getting healthy and we might see him on the court in the coming weeks. So they'll want to work him into the rotation, get him back going. Um, but I just think this is a team that loves winning and is built to win and therefore will continue to try and do so through the regular season. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I'll just add as well that you can see that Holiday and Milton aren't quite defending to the level they do in the playoffs because they don't need to. They've won a championship and it's a long season. So I think as they wrap that up and maybe they want to just consolidate third place in the in the East for certain reasons that I'll talk about in a minute because it's maybe an easier first round. I think that they're going to want to hold on to that third spot and then maybe if they know they've got it clinched, maybe rest players in the last two games or so just to to solidify and not, not go up to seconds. I think that's probably why the Bucks will, will be there. Uh, fourth for me then. Uh, no, sorry, you're up now. Fourth for you. Who have you got? Fourth for me, I've got the Bulls. Oh, nice. They are currently, I think they're currently fourth, aren't they? So, uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Like I said, tough schedule. So only half a game ahead of Boston. What are your thoughts on why you think the, the Bulls might stick it out? Um... Although they've got a tough schedule coming up, they haven't given up games easily here. Um, it's more, I think, Boston are playing the better basketball and definitely have the potential to, to overtake them here. But, again, like I stated at the beginning of the podcast, whenever I back Boston into anything, <laughs> it absolutely show me up. So I couldn't fully back them here to jump the balls. Um and I think as they slowly get their players back to full health, they'll they'll pick up a couple of wins here and there. And I think maybe Boston are half would be more tempted to kind of rest players, and are likely to slip up at some point and go on a losing streak just before the end of the regular season. So, but equally, Boston haven't got the easiest of schedules either. They've got some tough teams coming up still. Yeah, they have. From Sunday, next week, they've got some tough games. They still have to play Mavs on Sunday. Then they've got the Warriors coming up. They've got the Heat, the Jazz, the Bucks, the Grizzlies on the road. So, yeah, they, they've got the sick part of the schedule. <laughs> so, them and the Bulls pretty close together in tough schedules, to be fair. Exactly. So, I can't completely outrule that from happening, but, you know, that's, yeah. that's where I've got to with them. I think it, it's, it was tough for me to... Yeah, Which the top series coming out on top? Yeah, very tight. And either way, they're going to play each other, aren't they? In the series, and it, absolutely. With, yeah, with that with that way around. Um, yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Um, there's murmurings of obviously Lonzo and Caruso being getting back to full health, and obviously Levine getting on his way too. And maybe towards the end of the year, they'll have a couple of weeks with a full roster, and, and that that could really help. But um, I've gone with Boston in the four. Um, yep. Which means we've basically swapped around because you've gone Boston five, I've gone Boston four. So if I quickly talk about the Bulls, who I've got five, like I said, I've just not seen the continuity on defence yet. I don't know enough about how healthy um, Lonzo is looking at the moment, so I'm not sure what that means. So I just think losing five games in a row, Boston kind of on form, I just think that I've gone with Boston before. Um, like I said, they both got tough schedules, but Boston playing better at the moment. I think their defence is so legit that I just think maybe Chicago could take a little bit more time to to, to bet in. So I think I could probably see Boston 
finishing maybe two games ahead of Chicago, something like that. But sure. maybe maybe one, one and a half. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be going down to the last probably three or four games. And uh, that's quite exciting because they'll actually both be trying to win. Because even though they're probably only going to play each other, uh, I think you want game seven at home, don't you, if it's going to come to that. So I think both yeah. sets of teams are going to try because um, the Bulls arena and the Celtics arena are pretty loud in playoffs. So I think um, that'd be a cool little end to the series. Even though they probably know that the high chance they're going to play each other, I still think they'll try all the way through, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, Boston five for you. Anything to add or we, we kind of covered it? No, I think we, we've covered it there. I think they've got really great roster. They're going from strength to strength at the moment. But there's a chance they go on a bit of a skid at some point and don't quite do enough. But you never, you never know with Boston. That's that's the trickiest part for me. You just cannot tell what is going <laughs> well, to So, yeah, yeah. I agree. It's quite interesting as well with, um, with Boston. They've got 16 games left as well, where Chicago and other teams have got 17, 18. So this week especially, they've only played like three games. So that's quite a lot of rest towards the end of the season for a team. So they've got less games to, to, to kind of get a lead. So that, that could be yeah. something, but... We should see. They play my Mavs at 7.30 on Sunday. We get Nets, Knicks at 5, followed by Celtics, Mavs, both on Sky, back-to-back, which I think is pretty cool for UK audience. Absolutely. Uh, cool, let's move to 6 then. I know we're going to have the same team here. Um, is, is it your turn or my turn? Technically, we've done 5, so it's back to your turn. So do you want to tell me who your 6 seed is? The Cleveland Cavaliers! Yeah, I agree. I just can't see. What are they now? Uh, they are. They are six. Three and a half games ahead of the Raptors. Yeah. Uh, the Toronto Raptors have a relatively hard schedule as well, whereas Cleveland bang in the middle, 14. Um, the Nets have a pretty easy schedule, but like I said, they're, they're like four games ahead of them, and Kyrie obviously doesn't play home games. So I'm completely with you, mate. I think the Cavs are locked in here. I can't see them catching the Celtics, even though they've got an easier schedule. I think the Cavs will probably lose against the the good teams that they have to play left, most likely, which is 76ers twice, um, Bucks, Heat, Nuggets, Mavs. So some tough games there. So I think they'll lose enough, but I just think they're too far ahead now and I think they're going to finish in six. Um, would you agree? Yeah, I think it's what on. I think they've suffered a, a little bit over the last couple of games and I think it, they've made it harder for themselves than it could be because they've had quite a few injuries and bits and pieces going around. They've not been fully healthy all season. So the fact that they're, we're even talking about, about them being in the sixth seed is incredible because even with a fully healthy roster, I didn't have them this high up. So uh, Jared, Allen, Jared Allen's out with a finger injury as well, isn't he? Yes, now? broken finger. Which probably makes it more likely they won't catch Boston and the Bulls in 4-5, yeah. I think. They, they've just got to concentrate on not slipping up too far and dropping into that play-in. But yes. they've got a big enough cushion to be able to do that, which is good. Yeah, I agree. And I just think it's nice, isn't it, as a franchise like them. Um, obviously really good for a certain number of years, then bad, then really good again, and then bad. It's just nice that they could have a first-round playoff series. You don't have to do the stupid, well, not stupid because we love it, but if you're a Cavs owner, you're thinking stupid playing game where we have to beat the Nets twice or something ridiculous, yeah. um, or Nets and Hawks, whereas now they can kind of just get a seven-game series under their belt or four-game, however it goes, regardless. I think it's pretty good. Um, by the way, in this lineup, we both have them playing the Bucks. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's yeah. not an ideal first-round series, that's for sure. That's probably the worst. I think, what would you want? Probably Chicago Bulls? Yeah, uh, I think have so. Have anyone? Yeah. Yeah, I think they got the size on the Bulls. I don't think the Bulls can defend size like that. Yeah, I'll be hoping it ends up that way then, because I'd love to see uh, you Cavs get a first-round win. 
Um, let's go to the play-in then. So obviously, seven seed gets the first game at home in the play-in. They only have to win one game to advance. Uh, eight seed is obviously away in the first game, but also uh, only has to win one game to advance. So who have you got as your seven seed in the Eastern Conference? Seven seed in the Eastern Conference, I have the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, uh, same here. I didn't think we'd match there. Um, I, oh, that was my go anyway to go first, but we matched anyway, so who cares? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, well, why do you think then? Because at the moment, like I said, people are a bit worried about them. Could they free fall? Uh, I think they're in eighth at the moment, um, but they've got a very easy schedule. Is it just that schedule and the kind of Kyrie factor that he's playing so well now and they've got a lot of games on the road that thinks they're going to finish seven? Uh, yeah, essentially. I think with Durant back, they're going to rack up some wins at some point. With Kyrie playing more consistently, they're gonna. that's going to also contribute to it as well. Um they may be on a terrible skid at the moment, but I don't think that can last. Um, for me, though, it's just them getting reps. I don't, I don't think they do enough to catch the Cavs, but they do enough to get into that seventh seed. So they have to just win the one playing game. Um, but yeah, we'll wait and see. I, I just think they've got enough talent there to keep them afloat. And into that seventh seed with the, with the schedule they've got left going back. Yeah, they're five and a half games back from the Cavs, but they've got one game less as well. So you've got one less game there where you can actually make it up. So I just think it's simple for me. Is there's no way they could finish higher than seven. I just think, like you said, they are they're a pretty good lock for seven. Um, yeah, Kevin Durant. They're going to get a few wins together. Uh, we'll talk about the teams around them, but there's a couple of the teams around them I'm not too confident in. So I think a couple of teams around them are going to start to fall down the standings a little bit. So I think the Nets are going to be a lot for seven. Uh, yeah. And in our list, that would be Net 76ers, which I think we all want. But we'll talk about which series we want the most yeah. in a bit. But that, that, that's probably going to be uh, probably going to be up there. Um, all right, we've uh, kind of swapped orders. So eight seed then. Uh, I put the Hawks, mate. And no, currently they are the 10 seed. Um, they are only one game back from Brooklyn in the eight. They are three games back from the Raptors, who obviously in this scenario I would have them catching, which I think is going to be quite tight. But my reasoning is Atlanta has the second easiest schedule in the NBA remaining. Um, they are slowly getting back to health. I think that uh, John Collins should be able to play and play extended minutes quite soon. I think Hunt has looked a little bit better recently, which is important for them. Trey Young's creating again, not quite shooting as well as he has been, but he's, uh, his assist percentage has gone right up over the last four weeks. So... For me, like I said, I think it's kind of schedule-based. I think it'll be very tight. It may come down to the last game or so, and I just think the Hawks will keep trying because they want that kind of double chance. Whereas if you finish eighth, um, you don't get... If you lose, you're out, aren't you? If you're sorry, finish ninth, you lose, you're out. So I think the Hawks are going to want to to climb over the Raptors and, and, and finish there. Um, I just think these are the games the Raptors have got left that you'd class as difficult. They've got maybe Lakers twice. Maybe difficult. Maybe. Celtics, Bulls, Nuggets, 76ers twice, Heat, Suns. I can only see them winning one, maybe two of those games max, and I just think that'll be too much. So I'm going to go with the Hawks. That's fair. I've gone the opposite way with you here. I think I've gone Toronto here. Um, the Hawks, again, another team that have been really inconsistent this season. They're 31 and 33 at the moment. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. I think that just kind of... Sh- those two records at the moment kind of shows where they are roughly. But I mean, the Raptors are not really much better apart from the fact they've got a, what was it? Three game cushion over them at the moment near enough. Yeah. Um, is the reason I've given them the advantage here. 
Uh, they might have a slightly more difficult schedule going forward, but they seem to string together some winning streaks and losing streaks, and it might be enough to maintain this bit of a cushion that they've got. Um, I don't know who would have the tie break in that situation if they end up tying with the same record or anything, but um, yeah, I think they've done enough to this point with the three-game cushion to maybe keep themselves afloat above the Hawks, but I have got the Hawks just below them. Okay, so you've got the Hawks in ninth then, so jump yeah. in one place. Okay, fair enough. So let's talk about um, talk about them then. Do you think they're going to slightly improve then at the moment and just be too much for for the other teams that we haven't spoke about yet and to secure that spot? Or you think it'll be quite tight race? Or what, what are your thoughts? I think amongst one or two of the teams, it might be quite tight, but I think there's also one or two that are falling off, some on purpose, some not so. Um, I think the combination of the Hawks kind of finding their feet late in the season, as they often do, sort of tied with their schedule that they've got left. Um, I think they end up leapfrogging one team in particular and and scaring the Raptors, certainly, that they might come for that eighth seed. So, nice. um, yeah, it, I think they're going to make it a tough battle the last couple of weeks and it could come down to the last two or three games. Yeah, nice. So, like I said, I've also got the Raptors in nine because I've got the Hawks in eight. Um, you are, well, not right, but um, what you said earlier when you weren't sure on the tiebreakers, your guess is right in terms of well, who's going to finish where because the Raptors currently do have the tiebreaker. The Hawks would need to beat them in the last game and then hope, obviously, the Raptors, uh, well, neither of them will probably win their division. So, yeah, it does look like the Raptors will have the tiebreak. So, I'd need the Hawks to win over them by a clear game. Um, yeah, in terms of nine seed, I do think the top nine in the East are pretty secure. I think they are the best nine teams in the East in whatever order you want to have them in. Um, And I just think the Raptors coaching and late game ability to win games, like you said, where they can go on like three game wins and maybe two of the teams they shouldn't beat. I think that puts them above the teams below them that we're going to talk about in a sec. So yeah, for me, quite clear top nine Um, Hawks, eight, nine and Chicago, Boston, four, five. They were the hardest ones to kind of fit around. Um, I just think the Raptors will be quite happy with the playing game and I'd expect them to beat whoever they play in the 9-10. Um, if they do finish eighth, I expect them to probably lose to the Nets, but then I still think they could give the Hawks or whoever a good go in the second game. So I still think there's a good chance we could see the Raptors in the playoffs um, after the tournament, we'll see. Uh, 10 seed then, I think for me, there's only two options. Would you? Let's just start with that. Would you agree that it can only be the Hornets and the Wizards? No confidence in the Knicks catching up for me? This is... so. Definitely Hornets, and I'm. I don't understand the Wizards at the moment. They've the Wizards, the Washington Wizards. <laughs> yeah, they've got two superstars who are both injured and cannot play. Do they tank and try and get a bit of a better draft pick for this season? Then sign Bradley Beal to that massive contract and kind of have a rookie superstar alongside him and Paul Zingas. Do they try and make a run at the playing tournament with the limited team that they have? Um, I can't tell them. The Knicks are just their own worst enemy. For me, I think they've got more chance of making the playoffs than the Wizards, but they implode so frequently and so often and so incredibly well that there's no chance they're going to make the playing tournament. Um so, for me, that left one team, and that is the Charlotte Hornets, sitting comfortably in the 10th spot. Nice. I'm going to live change this for one reason only, which I'll reveal now. 
Uh, yeah, I'm not going Knicks. They are currently four and a half games back, actually, from the Hornets. Because you have to yeah. think, oh, they're quite close to the Wizards, but you're like, oh, no, wait, the Wizards are a game and a half back from the Hornets themselves. When you kind of look at it, I just think the Knicks, they actually play one less game than Charlotte as well. So they've got one less game to catch up on those four and a half games. So for me, yeah. I can't see the Knicks doing it. The pace is obviously already out of it underneath. Uh, I did have the Hornets, but I have changed it. And I've changed it for one reason only. I'm going to back the man that I backed all season, even though he's been a different jersey. I'm going to back the Unicorn. Seven wow. foot three. Beast, who is really seven foot six, I've just realised. But I said seven foot three. Um, <laughs> seven foot three without shoes on. Um, I am going to go with Porzingis. Uh, I don't really know why. I don't really think it's going to happen. But I've just decided to go for it. So, yeah, I think they have the best player out of the two teams. I don't care what you say about Lamella Ball. Porzingis is better if he actually plays. So if he plays, let's go for 10 playing for the Porzingis. I would love to see uh, Trey Young versus Porzingis in a playing game. Uh, I think Trey would just go nuts all over him. But I do think Porzingis will hit a few frees or block him and, and get hyped. So, yeah, I'm going to completely change it. My wisdom says go with the Hornets, but why not? I'm going to go with Porzingis and the Wizards. Yeah, spice it up a bit. Why not? Wizards have a relatively okay schedule as well. They are the 23rd easiest schedule in the league. And the Hornets are the... Oh, where are they? 17th. So, yeah, the Hornets have got more games away from home, which is probably why part of that is. So, yeah, I'm going to go Wizards. Stuff it. Why not? Let's go nuts. But, yeah, we shall see. Um, Ultimately, it's not going to matter who's in that 10th spot. (laughs) There's no way they're not (laughs) taking it out of the plane. No, I think the Wizards could beat the Raptors, though, in a one-off game. But we'll we'll see. Um, I don't think they'll beat the whoever they play in the second game, but possibly we shall see. Uh, cool, before we move to the West End, one question. Which first-round playoff series, doesn't have to be one that we've predicted, uh, we could be wrong, uh, which playoff, first-round playoff series do you want to see most from the East that, that could possibly happen? So we're not going to see no Boston Wizards, so yeah, it has to be a realistic one. Uh, which Should one we, we just get this out of the way and just go Sixers net straight off the bat? It's the one <laughs> everyone wants, right? Yeah, I think it's the one everyone wants. So it'd be spicy atmosphere, wouldn't it? Spacey. I want to see Ben Simmons guarding James Harden. I want to see Durant versus Embiid. I want to see Kyrie crossing up Tyrese Maxey. Kyrie? It's, oh, yeah. So, yeah. It's going to be an absolutely venomous series, especially with Philadelphia playing the majority of games at home. That crowd is going to be ruthless. Yeah, I agree. It's the clear one I have written down is the best, but let's give another one just whilst we're here. I think the Heat as the one seed and the Hawks as the eight seed could be an extremely fun playoff matchup when playoff Trey comes to town. I think the Heat will have a lot harder time getting rid of the Hawks, and I think the average NBA fan would think. I think they'd maybe pick a 4-1 win, but I would be thinking a 6-7 game series there between those two teams. So, yeah, I'll just go Hawks for Heat because I think the other ones... I think. Bucks, Cavs is a bit chalky, and Boston, Chicago, we, we kind of think is going to happen for ages. So, yeah, that'll be my second choice. But yeah, net 76ers are a, a clear winner for that one. Uh, right, Western. Um, let's start with the one seed. Um, why don't you go first, mate? Who have you got as the a one seed in the West? It's the Suns. They've got too big a cushion, even without Chris Paul to kind of lose it. They're seven and three in their last 10. Yeah, eight games back as well. <laughs> Yeah, the ahead, sorry. The, the, it's it's theirs for the taking at this point, unless they decide to, for some reason, lose every game on purpose for the next five weeks. No one's catching them, even with Chris Ball out for the next five weeks. 
yeah, completely agree. Uh, move on for swiftly. Second seed, then, I have gone with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, currently are the second seed. Uh, in terms of schedule, it's kind of easily wide, to be honest. Golden State still got injuries. Um, Draymond Green will come back, but I don't think he'll play in the next five days. I could be wrong, but that's what I'm reading. Uh, and they've got the ninth hardest schedule, whereas Memphis are like the 25th schedule in the league. So they've got some really good games. They play a lot of bad Eastern Conference teams. Um, they play the Rockets as well and the Sun, the Spurs, which they should win. So, yeah, I'm going to go Memphis, hold on to the two seed, I think, just about, just because I think they also care more. I think there's some veteran teams around them that have already been in the playoffs and they've lost and they've won. Whereas I think the Grizzlies, this is so fresh to them, they're just going to be so motivated to, to win for the rest of the season. So I'm going to go with, uh, with the Grizzlies. What about you? I also have the Grizzlies in the two seed. Uh, I think Golden State aren't worried about their seeding from this point. They're going to come top half, whatever happens. I think, personally, they're not going to drop enough games to drop out of the top half here. Um, they're more concerned about their health um, and getting everybody in top shape for that playoff run because they know that that's what they need to be in a position to win a championship. Everybody healthy, everybody back on the court, playing at 100%. So they're going to be more concerned about player health than seeding position and I think that's going to be the main reason the door opens to the Memphis Grizzlies who as you said are super excited about coming Every, everything <laughs> yeah so they're going to really push the, the Golden State out yeah yeah I agree I agree on that as well um cool your turn then three seed who have you got mate three seed I have kept Golden State in the three seed um Nice. Uh, they've got a four-game cushion over the Jazz. Um, I think Steph will find his shooting again. I think the rest of the team will start to contribute. Um, and I think they'll they'll pick up again towards the end of the season. Sort of, They get Draymond back. They want to give him a run out for a few games. and uh, A couple of other teams will rest superstars. And I think they might catch a couple of nice little wins in those little pockets there. Nice. Uh, but mainly that three-game cushion is the kind of decider for me. Yeah, that is a nice little cushion at this stage in the season. But it's not going to be enough of a cushion. And we're, mm. not, worried, and we're not worried about the Jazz. We've, wow. got the, we've got the Dallas Mavericks. Wow. Three and a half games back. Do have the tiebreaker over the Warriors because they have beaten them twice. That is my thought process. I think both teams finished with the same record. And I think that the Mavs will win the tiebreaker or win more than one game. Basically... The Mavericks do have the third easiest schedule in the NBA, whereas the Warriors, like I said earlier, have the ninth schedule. Um, yeah, the Mavs have to play the Rockets twice, Pistons, Blazers, Knicks, Lakers, Timberwolves, Cavs. Uh, their hardest games left are basically 76ers, Jazz, Bucks and Celtics. And the rest, they should be favourites for, for almost every other game. So, sure. yeah. Yeah, that's the only reason why. Obviously, they're the most informed team in the league uh, in the West. Sorry, Celtics the most informed team in the league. They're the most informed team in the West outside the Nuggets. And there are what a game ahead of the Nuggets, and they have the tiebreaker over the Nuggets themselves. And the Nuggets have quite a hard schedule. So, I've gone with the Mavs in third, which is a bit of a shocker. Uh, I did have the Warriors and change the last minute. So there we go. <laughs> um, four seed then for me. I'll get it over and done with. That means the Warriors. 
like I said, I think they're either going to tie with the Mavs and it'll be some tiebreaker or one game. Uh, realistically, I think they could easily also finish two games ahead of the Mavs. I think it'll be somewhere in that range, two games ahead, two games behind. Um, so, yeah, I've gone with the Warriors. I think Draymond Green does come back end of next week. Uh, I think that will help Clay improve. I think Wiseman is going to play with the Santa Cruz team this weekend. So he should maybe play for the, the Warriors in the next seven to ten days as well. Um, I think there'll still be times when adding those two players in is great, but then there'll probably be some games where things are a bit off again because Clay has to get used to his new role again. Jordan Poole's role will change. Looney's role will change. Iguodala might come back and change Kaminga's role. So, yeah, I think there'll be times when these players coming back will really help them, majority, but I still think they're going to drop the odd game where they should probably win. So I'm going to go Warriors and four just for sake because they've got that advantage over the Jazz, like you said. Sure. Um, I've got the Jazz in four. Uh, they had their issues during this season, but they're such a good regular season team. I think they just keep picking up wins left, right, and centre. Um, doesn't mean they're going to be successful in the playoffs, which we all know very well. That is very, very true. Uh, my fourth, uh, sorry, yeah, that was your fourth seed, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, so we're on to the fifth seed now. Um, you'll go first, mate. Who've you got in five? In the fifth seed, I have. The Dallas Mavericks. Nice. Uh, I'll take a jazz. I'll take a jazz first round if I have to take it. It's going to be for me these these two fourth fifths put them either way round. To be honest, I just think towards the end of the season the Mavericks are going to be more likely to rest kind of Luca and Dinwiddie, um, and then whereas the Jazz, I feel like when they rest superstars, have got a deeper roster that they can pull from. So even when they're resting, they might they're more likely to pick up a few games here and there. So that's the main reason I put them in the fourth and Dallas in the fifth. But come playoff time again, you'd probably take the Mavericks in a series over them because um, you never know what you're going to get from Gobert. And Luca is absolutely incredible. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think four or five matchup there. It could I don't like I said I'm being a bit optimistic with the third. We all know that, and uh, there's another reason why I'm being optimistic in the second. You see, but uh, it's similar to Chicago, Boston, where I think a lot of people are saying the Jazz Mavs will finish in in, in some sort of order. Um, cool, you've got Mavs in five. I've got the Denver Nuggets in five. We have the Jazz slipping again here because I've got a newfound hatred for Rudy Gobert for obvious reasons for anyone who watches the NBA, but. Um, I'm going to go with the Nuggets. They are actually just as hot, if not hotter than the Mavs. They're hotter in the last 10, slightly not as hot in the last 15. <laughs> the advanced stats for their defense aren't quite as good as the Mavs, but Jokic is arguably playing the best basketball of anyone in the NBA. Uh, they are currently only one and a half games back from the Jazz. They also do have the tiebreaker over the Jazz, where the, the Mavs don't. Um, so I think they are going to finish maybe one game ahead of the Jazz here. I just think the Jokic will keep rolling. They might get some players back, but it's not even about that. They should lose loads of these games they play, but I just think that Jokic will just keep rolling and they'll, they'll keep winning. <laughs> and uh, I think the opposite to you, whereas I think Conley and Bogdanovich um, and Gobert, this calf strain, they are going to rest their stars more than they have in previous years because they just want to win the playoffs. They don't care about the regular seasons much. So, uh, Whereas I think the Nuggets just have to keep playing Jokic because they don't want to slip into the seventh seed. So I'm going to go Jokic and the, the Nuggets here at five. No, there's a fair explanation. And that's Absolutely. who you've got at six, you, I assume. You could see it happening. Yeah, you could see yeah. it. I, I've got my nugget. I've got the nuggets in six. 
Uh, I think when their superstars come back, they have a couple of games together with Jokic, and then I think they start to rest Jokic because he will need some before the playoffs. Um, and that's when I think they'll probably lose a couple of games that's going to kind of keep them just behind the Mavs and the Jazz. So that's why I've slotted them in to uh, the sixth place. Nice. Um, yeah, obviously I've gone Jazz, like I said. I won't elaborate too much. I just think there'll be a bit more rest. Uh, Nuggets have a higher chance just to get people back. Uh, in terms of strength of schedule, um, apart from the Mavs, everyone in the West and the Suns, they have a really tough schedule. So the Nuggets have the eighth hardest schedule. Golden State has the nine. Utah has the seventh. <laughs> so they've all got to play each other. They've all got to play the Bucks. They've all got to play the Suns. One of them's got to play the Suns twice. So, um yeah, really difficult games for, for all those teams. That's why I think that maybe they'll finish a little bit lower than, than the Warriors and the Mavs, but we shall see. Um, but yeah, I think a bit more rest at times for Conley, Gobert and Bogdanovic. I mean, the Jazz will finish maybe one or two games behind the Nuggets. Uh, and I'm probably just going to put my faith in Jokic, like I said earlier, so, for what they're doing. But yeah, similar to the East where I said the top nine in the East is the top nine. Uh, I think the top six is just clearly the best six teams in the West. Would you agree? Yeah, I, you you can't fault that as a top six and you could you could argue them into almost any position left right or like uh, down you, you could talk yourself into teams moving and dropping quite easily so yeah, uh, I think it's almost Suns is the first in their, their own tier and then the other five teams are all just wherever you want to put them aren't they yeah exactly nice cool let's move into the playing then which we love uh, who have you got in the seventh spot in the playing Seventh spot, I've got the Clippers moving up into the seventh spot. Um, They have surprised me no end this season. Even without their superstars, they have played so well. And they just keep stringing these wins together. I don't know how they're doing it, but they are. Um, They keep finding different people to step up different nights. Um, They might get a few back from injuries towards the end of this season. And I think they'll, they'll make... Like I said, the seventh seed, I don't necessarily see them winning a playoff series at all. Maybe even a game. Maybe they get swept first round. But, um, yeah, I, I I think they sneak into that seventh spot. Nice. Yeah. Um, I wish I could say that because, weirdly, even though I hate the Clippers for the Mavs playoff games, uh, I quite like this random Clippers team. It's just full of random players that are just doing a great job, isn't it? I think it's a... Yeah. It's definitely an easier easier team to, to get behind. But I've gone with the T-Wolves holding on. Uh, there are a couple of games ahead, like I said. I think Cats playing well. They're 8-2 in their last 10, five wins in a row, as the Clippers obviously have lost the last two tough games, but, but obviously lost. So, yeah, I'm going to lean Timberwolves. I think it will get a bit closer than maybe it is now, maybe one or two games difference. But I think they're going to hold on with that little bit of a gap. They do play each other one more time as well, so that will probably be an important game, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with, with Cat and the, the Timberwolves in seven. Um, that does mean in the eight spot, I do have the Clippers. I think those two are going to be in seven, eight in some order. Um, like you said, incredible season. Didn't think they'd be this good. We both kind of said they might be the 11, 12, 10 sort of team in the playoffs before the season. But that was with Paul George. <laughs> then they don't have Paul George and they managed to get themselves in the top eight. So it's been a hell of a season, hell of a coaching job for Ty Lue, But I've just got the Clippers staying where they are at the moment, staying in eighth. Yeah, no, I I can uh, see that happening. I think you could talk me into the Timberwolves quite easily. They've got that cushion of three games or whatever it is at the moment. Cat is playing really well. Um, 
so is Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. They're, they're playing really well. It's just, can they maintain this kind of winning season? It's been a while since they've had one. It'd be really nice to see because I do like this Timberwolves team and I hope they do, which is why I've got them just below the Clippers in the eighth spot. Fine. They surprised you as well throughout the season? Yeah, I think they have because um, I think I was initially maybe quite high on them anyway as a team, as a unit, and then they got off to their typical Timberwolves starts, not particularly good, uh, no one playing aggressive, some winning streaks, some massive losing streaks, and not really getting themselves anywhere in the Western Conference. But as of lately, especially since the turn of the new year, they've they've played really well and they're looking like a competent team here. So definitely been a surprise later in the season. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, cool, 9-10 then. I think these two teams for me are secure in terms of who they are. Let's we'll see what the order is. Uh, I have gone with... I need to check my notes, actually. Uh, I've gone with the Pelicans, funny enough, <laughs> picking off the Lakers team and finishing in one spot higher. Uh, they currently have the... Where is it? Uh, yeah, middle of the pack in terms of schedule. Lakers have the hardest left. Uh, they have to play the Phoenix Suns, the Nuggets, and the Mavs twice. <laughs> so good luck with that so yeah I've gone with the Pelicans easier schedule they're on a real big high they're top five in offense and defense since they traded for CJ McCollum so yeah I'm going to go with the Pelicans in nine fair enough yeah uh, I had the Lakers in nine um, I think they got enough sort of talent in LeBron to keep them in the ninth seed essentially and that's that's all they've got so that's where I'm going they're ninth yeah, um, we can just finish quickly. Yeah? I'll be Lakers ten, and you'll be Pelicans nine, right? It was close for me between Pelicans and I think the Spurs might be pushing Ooh. up there. I think the Blazers are going to keep tanking. I think the Spurs uh, they want to get pop that winning record. They um, they love getting in the playoffs slash playing tournament anyway. Um, Let's have a quick look. I'm not sure what their schedule's like. I don't think it's too bad, but not too easy at the same time. They're kind of middle of the road, yeah. So they've got 17 games left. Um, some tough games, some easy games. Not not a bad schedule. So it was tough for me between them and the Pelicans, but I did have the Pelicans just edging them out. So Pelicans in 10th. Nice. I didn't think you'd be uh, thinking that was even... Uh... Even debatable, but yeah, interesting. I can't rule out them spurs. Cool. Last question then, uh, before we sign off. Uh, which first round series in the West are you most looking forward to? Probably not quite as easy answer, I don't think, as the East. No, this was definitely trickier for sure. Um, but out of my kind of predictions, my sort of matchups I'm most looking forward to. Um it's probably Mavs Jazz, to be honest. Oh, um, interesting. I like, I know a lot of people don't, they find them really boring and stuff, but I really like this Jazz team. I, I want to see them be successful. And on the other side of the court, you've got Luka Doncic, who's always an absolute delight to watch. So I think that'd be an entertaining series for me because I feel like the Jazz will be scrapping for their lives in that one because. Yeah. They have they have um, to win, don't they? They, they yeah, can't get they knocked out again. This year, they need to really change up this roster for sure. 
Yeah, I would agree. Same with the Mavs, and not they won't change the roster much. They're, 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 this roster will be the same-ish probably next year, unless they do a big trade at the deadline. But obviously, Luca will just want to win a first-round matchup after yep. being the, being so good the last two years and then losing to Kawhi in his two best playoff series of his life. So, um, yeah, he'll want to win as well. That's an interesting one. Um, I think Jar versus Luca would be pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I probably want to play the Jazz most. In terms of one I look forward to the most, oh, I don't know. It is tough. Um, Parts of me wants to say Jokic versus the Warriors, if that could happen. But I'll go with another one. I'll go what we said earlier. I'll go Mavs Nuggets would be the most entertaining, not because of drama like the other series, but I just think seeing those two players on the court against each other for seven games with how similar they are and the fact that neither team would be able to guard them. Like Mavs have got no one that could guard Jokic. Yeah. So Nuggets have got no one that could guard Luca. Like some teams, like Draymond Green, will do a good job on Luca. Um, like good job, not great. Aiton would do a better job on Jokic than some Mavs players. You know what I mean? But in a Mavs Nuggets matchup, no one can guard the best players on either team. So uh, I think that'd be quite fun. But yeah, Jazz Mavs is probably good for the fights. Um, and yeah, probably another good fighting one could be Clippers Suns. That could be quite entertaining if you get Paul George back. But we shall see. That is our thoughts, East and West. Um, about 16 to 18 games left for most teams. So let us know on Twitter, at underscore Harvard Hoops, what you think about our, our potential matchups. Let me know how biased I am about the maps and how much I hate Rudy Gobert, because that's clearly come across in the episode. Um, we'll be back next week. We've got an episode with CJ Marchesani. He's going to talk about the draft. Me and Ben um, will hopefully do an episode next week. If not, it'll be the week after, but we shall see. Um, but yeah, Ben, sign us off with something. As always, put you under pressure. No prep. Go. Oh my god. If we could see it, the best first round matchup would be Lakers Suns. Oh. Dun 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 dun. Anthony Davis. Get back. Injured again. Yeah, true. Uh, right, cool. That's it for today. Like I said, back next week. Have a good weekend, guys. Speak to you soon.